Welcome back to another episode of the Cameras and Coffee podcast. I'm sitting here with Kelly Meyer from Two Birds Media. I'm so excited to talk about photographers and videographers working together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And as a photographer yourself and videographer, and as someone who has associate shot for you, we have worked together and have learned some things. So I can't wait to discuss that yeah. with you, Kelly. This has been a long time coming. So, yeah. Um, let's kind of start from the beginning. Let's kind of talk about your background in videography. So I actually have a degree in film and video. Um, I went into that because I really liked storytelling. That was my, that was kind of the thing I was really interested in doing and film and video seemed like the most accessible way to do it. And I realized quickly out of college that that was going to be really hard to do on my own because I didn't want to move to a big hub like LA or New York. So I picked up a camera and was like, you know what, I might as well still exercise the fundamentals that I learned in my, my college years. So I started doing photography because it was something I could do by myself with limited equipment. And I just kind of fell in love with it. So I've sort of been doing photography mainly for probably like, I think, oh my gosh, it's been oof, 12 years <laughs> since I graduated from college. Ooh. And so I um, just added video in a couple of years ago as part of my offerings because I'm more established now. I have more equipment. I know more people. So it's easier for me to be able to offer that to people. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is like when, and this is the pain point we're talking about today is sometimes um, couples when looking for a wedding photographer, they're also looking for a wedding videographer. And I think sometimes it's easier to just have your own team of both, mm -hmm. um, than to have them hire someone else that might not work as well with you. So that's what we're going to kind of chat about today. <laughs> um, not kind of, that is the main <laughs> thing we're going to talk about today. Um, before we get into all the meat of that, let's talk about how the two of us met. Yeah. We met on my wedding so, day, Kara. Yes. I, well, wait. No, it was a little bit before that. We met before. So, yes. So, we, I was doing some coursework and you came in and filmed behind the scenes instead of our friend Michelle. You came and did it, and it was like a week or two before your wedding, because I remember your mom had just come to town, and I was like, your wedding is next week, and you're doing this for me. I'm so appreciative. <laughs> so you probably don't even remember. It was oh at gosh, the glass no, house. But I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I have been <laughs> before, so. I love it. But yeah, I remember like um, Michelle, who doesn't shoot weddings. <laughs> Mm -mm. <laughs> and prefers not to she was photographing your wedding and it ended up being her son's birthday so I came and helped her so she could spend the rest of the half um of that day with her family and her son and that was such a fun day I love it yeah I mean it's yeah. kind of been like uh fortuitous because yeah established a really I think really strong and fruitful mm -hmm. working relationship so that's yeah, <laughs> the three of us literally talk daily. So, and Michelle has been on the podcast before. If anyone's wondering who Michelle is, she was in season one. Um, we talked about motherhood. She's going to be again on season two. Hopefully we'll get all three of us on the same podcast episode. That's going to be a hot mess, but super fun. Yeah, that would be great. But, um, 
yeah, let's kind of dig into this um, about working relationships and videographers and photographers. Now, if you are new to the wedding industry, you might not even know that this is kind of an issue for some people. It's, I feel like sometimes I feel like it's more of an issue for videographers than it is for photographers. Um, do you agree? Yeah. In I definitely that way? think. Yeah. I, I because... was going to say it, it tends to be the case that when I am the videographer, I get a lot more flack from photographers, but when I'm the photographer, I seem to work really well with the videographer. So it tends to be that I also hear the photographers complaining way more than I do the videographers. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy because, well, and I I will say I have learned a lot in my, um, like what I do from you specifically, which is like been so great. It's made me excel in my job and create better relationships with other vendors. So thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. So let's kind of talk about um, the beginning of things. So a lot of times when someone books a wedding, they're booking their venue right away. And then a lot of times it's their photographer right after. Yeah. Let's talk about when a videographer is hired on. So I'm noticing more and more that people are booking, they do, they book the venue first, typically venue planner, usually around the same time. Um, and then they book a photographer right away. Those three things get booked within like, you know, usually a couple of months of getting engaged. Um, and then you have, you know, all the other things that people have to book. And somewhere in there, in that jumble of like other vendors, the videographer gets picked if people have the budget for it. I am noticing more that the, it, it used to be that people would book the videographer as like one of the very last vendors. Like, do I have enough money in my budget to fit a videographer? Um, and so I'd get called, you know, like three to five months before a wedding, whereas with photography, I'm getting contacted over a year in advance a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started to see, you know, that trend move towards like the videographer getting booked at a similar time as the photographer. Um, I still don't get booked for solely videography as early as I do for photography, but it's definitely trending more that direction now. I think people are realizing that we live in a world of like social media and videos and mm -hmm. it's just really, really nice to have not only, you know, these beautiful still images, but have this gorgeous video that can also showcase people's voices um, the laughter, you know, like how p quirky people are in person, like all the things that you're just missing in between each photo. Um, and it just kind of supplements, you know, these memories that you're going to have from your wedding day and people are putting more value behind that now. So they're booking a little earlier. So it's starting to be a little bit more common to book at the same time. Yeah, that's so good because yeah, it was like, and, and I feel like that's pivoted in the last year, like 2023 mm -hmm. to 2020, going into 2024. And hopefully the trend continues to book earlier um, and see the value in it a little bit more. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it it was one of those things where you were getting contacted like weeks before a wedding and yeah. then they're trying to budget you down. <laughs> and you're like, listen, yeah. <laughs> like if this is what you want, like this is what you have to pay for and, and so forth. So, and then like, I know when we did bridal shows and things together, like talking about booking the two together, um, 
really is beneficial because you know the working environment will be great. But kind of tell me, like, um, are you finding when you book a wedding as a photographer that they're booking the videography at the same time? Or are you looking at it more like they're adding it on later? So when you say booking together, you're saying booking photo and video with the same company, just in case somebody didn't catch that. But yes, when you book, when they book together, like when they book both of those services with the same company, um, one, yes, it does make things a lot easier because the photographer, videographer, the people that are doing that actual work um, are likely going to have worked together multiple times before. Um, With my company, that's an absolute, like I won't bring somebody to a wedding if we haven't worked together in another capacity at least once or twice. Um, And then I typically require them to, you know, spend some time learning independently or with me because I want to make sure that it's like a quality experience. So when my couples tend to book with me, I book a lot of photo plus video at the same time. They Mm. um, are finding that it's usually a little bit less expensive because, you know, if their budget is, xyz and they book both of those services with me they're cutting out some of those like like middleman administration fees kind of things Mm -hmm. that you're going to get when you are booking multiple companies um and not only that you are going to have um i think people are seeing this too you'll have just a more cohesive looking set of media um your video is going to look better with your photos and you know if you know, need be the videographer can incorporate the photography into their video, you know, there's all kinds of benefits to booking them together. Yeah. And that's, and that is like key too, because um, we'll get to this more towards the end, but kind of like trying to communicate together with the photographer or finding out from your couple, sometimes it's so much harder to track down at the end as you get closer to the date to try and build that relationship ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which a lot of times people aren't doing until the day of, and it can be where you're butting heads a lot or you're like, yeah. ah. so let's kind of talk about um, where those like relationship struggles start. Like we can start with like going through a day or just like a general noticing. Um, I mean, obviously we've talked about that where like they're meeting the day of, but like, let's start with like the beginning of the day when you show up, like what are some of those struggles that are already happening? um, If you already don't have a working environment together as a photographer and videographer. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, so coming from the place of like, we've never met before we're meeting for the first time on the wedding day. Most of the time I find that the struggles start because your needs as a videographer are going to be different than the needs as a photographer. Um, A lot of the time, especially if there's no planner, the photographer steps in and does things with the bride and groom or the couple um, as, you know, helping with the timeline and building out the day to kind of structure it around getting the, the photos that they want. Well, if the videographer never takes place, or never takes part in that conversation, then there's going to be times when they need something that they will maybe not be able to get. Um, And every videographer, every photographer, they have a slightly different shooting style. Um, And videography especially can be very, it can be very subjective based on, you know, like, oh, I shoot like a very like A, B, C, D kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, pattern when I do my footage. Or, oh, I am just a total documentary style. Like, I just kind of follow everybody around. I don't have any structure. Like, I prefer it that way. So 
if you are meeting for the first time at a wedding, like on the day of, and you haven't talked to the other media professional, you won't necessarily know how your styles will work together when you're shooting. And that can be like the major pain point on a wedding day. Yeah, because that's so true. Like your needs are maybe not even being addressed. And then you're frustrated because, you know, you are obligated to deliver something per your contract with a couple and you are now kind of hands tied about what is going to happen on the day. And so I think that that's probably the most major issue that I've come across. And then I think the second thing is just not understanding like the end product a lot of the time. And yeah. I think this is why I hear more complaints from photographers than I do from videographers. Um, because photographers, their work is pretty much understood. Like you get it, like, you know, you take a picture and then you edit it and then you deliver the picture. And that is what it looks like. And then for a videographer, you also have audio to think about. Um, you have movement to think about. Um, and then you have composition and content. I mean, you have that in photo as well, but it's a little different when it's a moving image. And so when videographers and photographers work together and they don't talk about like, okay, this is how this is going to play out for me. This is what I need here in order to deliver, you know, this product here. And so if you don't, you know, have any concept of how that looks for the final product, you won't necessarily be able to work with a videographer if you, you know, don't think about why they're doing or why they're needing the things that they need. Um, so, you know, that is a big part of it too, just kind of like spending a second to think about where they're coming from. Um, and then just above all, just communicating with them about like what the heck it is that you need to make sure that your product is what it needs to be at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's like such a good point because I think there's two things there. The biggest thing is communication, like how to communicate with each other and when to start that communication. But the other thing I think is being in a mindset of service to yeah. your couple, because I think sometimes, and I know photographers are very guilty of this, um, is they have an idea of what they need and they're so focused on what they need to get that they're not thinking, how is this going to best serve my couple? And I think that's what everyone needs to go in with the mindset of like, how can I serve my couple best, but how can we as vendors together serve? And I think that is something that needs to take a mind shift change. And hopefully it's like the trajectory of how weddings are going now, because I'm noticing it more and more. But I think that's a big thing where especially if you're like new into um, wedding photography is you're not thinking you're, you're thinking of the things that you need to check off your list, mm -hmm. basically not, is this an appropriate time? Like, is this something that I should put, keep pushing my couples to do? Or should I give them the option? Like, and, and I say this out of, should we keep taking pictures or should I say to them, like, it's up to you. Do you want to enjoy this moment or do you want to go get more pictures? And I think that all comes to the communication too in the beginning um, to find out what, what they value. But a lot of times you can read it from their face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually, usually the groom because he's usually like over it, you know? Yeah. Um, I've had a couple times where it's the other way around and a bride will be that way. Um, but yeah, it's, that's totally something that I think is huge. And and I think sometimes when you say that the more documentary styled 
videographer or photographer, like it can go either way. Um, those, those can be pain points because yeah, that's such something very key to like discuss ahead of time. Um, so let's talk about like when you're starting the day, what are some pain points? Let's say, um, for those of us who do details and flat lays and things like that on a wedding day, let's talk about those pain points. Like when, who, who is usually the one that's setting that up? Yeah. So, I mean, so most of the time you're going to have the photographer that has like the flat lay mat and any of the styling kit items, things like that. Or if, you know, they don't even go that far, they just photograph the details in like a nice way. Um, They'll set something up that kind of puts them all in a cohesive unit. So it like represents kind of the style that the couple is going for and just all the work that they're putting into these very personal details that they put together for themselves. Um, and a lot of the times the photographer will do that and then just immediately take it down and like return the details to the couple, which yes, you know, they're, they're going to need things like their vow books and the rings and like their tie. Um, but it is really nice if, you know, you can just pause a moment before doing that and being like, Hey, you know, videographer, is this something that you would like to get some footage of? Um, I know it probably doesn't come to mind right away as like the first thing, but like there's still details that we would still like to showcase for the couple. Um, and it's a small thing, but what that does is it's one of the first things that you do on a wedding day usually. And then if you just kind of disregard the fact that the videographer may or may not want those items in their footage, you set yourself up for a day of frustration because you've already set the tone for how you're going to treat the videographer that day. Um, And then, you know, it's also just like not on the photographer only to communicate. Um, You know, the videographer should be stepping in and saying, hey, I would really like to take a second and get some shots of that. You know, you have to just, it's communication goes both ways. Um, The difference being is that a lot of the times people when they're booking videography separate from photography, they will book um, videography in a smaller time frame than they will photo. And so by the time that they arrive or, um, you know, once they've, maybe they arrive at the same time, but it takes a videographer twice as long to set up their equipment. Well, the the photographer will be done with that and they'll just have like moved on to something new. Um, so then you already are behind like a whole set of shots because, you know, if you're, trying to reset up all the details if you can even get all the details back mm-hmm. then the photographer's like oh I'm moving on to bridal portraits and so then you're like missing out on bridal portraits and then the bride puts her dress on and you haven't gotten any shots of the dress so it's just like it kind of starts this like snowball effect of like I'm a little bit behind and it's super frustrating all day and it can just be solved by just asking like do you want to take part in what I've started here and it really really does that little bit of courtesy goes a long way to making the whole day run smoothly and I notice too like a lot of times and and here's kind of a fix if if that is a struggle so um yeah a lot of that takes a different precedent if it's um, a video crew and a photography crew where there's only one of you. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a single videographer or a single photographer, sometimes that can be really hard because you're in both, you're like all over the place. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I do is get the videographer team's phone numbers and make sure that I start a like group chat <clears throat> or I have radios that I yeah. use that you and I have tried using before. I think I'm better at them now, <laughs> but, um, cause sometimes you don't have service, you know, like 
we live in Michigan. So if we're closer to the lake, that's usually an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But also um, in those moments, like where we're in different places, sometimes I will say, would you like me to take a shot with my phone and show you what this looks like and how I set it up in case you want to do the same? Because as a photographer, you have like a list of things you're like, okay, I'm going to get the whole um, invitation suite and then I'm going to break it down into all these different things. And then um, if let's say the videographer is getting some B-roll or some stuff around the venue while you're doing that, that's when I say, okay, I'm going to take a couple shots with my phone, send them over to you so you can know how it was set up when I go and swap and do that. But typically um, I'm communicating and saying like, let's do this together and move together. Um, So that's not the case, but usually it's like when you're running behind or having like timeline struggles, that's usually a quick fix. Um, If they're like, okay, I need somewhere, but ideally, yes, it is moving together, working together, um, communicating, which is huge. And secondly, something that I do, um, I offer timeline services to my couples and a lot of times Um, even if they have a coordinator, I'm still kind of doing the timeline services. It's just might be more with the coordinator. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that I always communicate to my couples is, do you have a videographer? If you do, it's going to add five minutes to each section. And I say that because I know I need to get this stuff, but I also need to ask the videographer after I've done a shot, do you need anything here? And I think when I move into those moments, I'm also trying to pose and create movement when I'm shooting. So then I can turn and say, is there anything else you need? Um, And that's always huge. And that's something I've definitely learned working with you is like, just take a moment, pause and ask like, yeah, I've got stuff to do, but it, but trying to be equally balanced is huge. So let's kind of talk. I was was going to say that point that you made about adding movement into your photos um, mm-hmm. that one thing alone can save so much time on the wedding day. Yeah. It, like, cause if you're a, a like a, a decent videographer and you've done it a couple of times and you kind of know what you're looking for, um, you should be able to shoot around what the photographer is doing without having to have the couple do a bunch of separate stuff. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to say, okay, now it's my turn and let me do the whole thing by myself. Like yeah. a lot of the time I never even have to ask my couples to do that because especially when I work with photographers like you who understand the like need for movement and video, you are already like directing your couples that way and like prompting them rather than posing them so that mm-hmm. they are doing movement in, you know, I don't know, like 50 to 60% of the like shots you're taking so that if I do have to come in and do something supplemental, it's quick and easy um, versus mm-hmm. like me having to do like an entire new setup and start from scratch and like have them move a whole bunch and you can't, you don't use any of that. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. movement serves both of us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that keeping that in mind when, you know, developing like how you are going to be shooting a wedding is super helpful. It's definitely been helpful for me, especially when I've worked with you, like, is made a big difference in the quality of photos and video that I can deliver. It's a new year. 
and you need to make more sales and bring in more revenue while also delivering your clients a gallery that wows them. In order to do that, you need CloudSpot. They have so many things to utilize. You can even set up your own store and receive revenue from places like White House Custom Color, Miller's Professional Imaging, and by selling your own digital files. I mean, what's better than continuing the sale after your work is done? Well, I'm glad you asked because now they have CloudSpot Studio where you can book sessions, keep track of clients, sign contracts, and so much more. This is the exact platform I use when I book my mini sessions. Not convinced? Head to episode 18 and hear from Gavin Wade, founder of CloudSpot, and hear what he has to say about it. Okay, now that you know what it's about, head to CloudSpot and check it out for free. When you want to decide to sign up, you can get 20% off your first year by using the link in the show notes. Well, and I think it's good to bring that up because I feel like more seasoned photographers who are like, know, like how their posing is going to go, um, know how to create movement and to keep things moving when it comes to posing like, okay, now look here, look there, look at each other, look down, whatever. And it's still creating that movement when you're in one spot and like just having them do all these different things. I think newer photographers might be because they don't have that checklist in their heads sometimes can be like, okay, we're going to do this. And then they panic and then they move to somewhere else or whatnot. Um, and sometimes that then takes up time. So kind of, if you're a newer photographer listening to this, that's always key to like kind of learn different things in one, like if you're doing one pose, how can you create movement in that one thing? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to that, but what is something else that you find is a pain point when let's specifically talking portraits and things as a videographer when a photographer is doing that that they might not be thinking about um I think the one thing that does frustrate me a lot sometimes especially if it's like uh so it, either you have a couple that's like not super posy like they're not into like this the still like let me like stand behind like the the photo on the wall behind you is like a perfect example of the veil shot mm-hmm. like where somebody had to like drop the veil um, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's movement in there. The veil is moving and the couple's like looking at each other. They're canoodling as it were. Um, if <laughs> you like, <laughs> if you, as the photographer don't allow space for the videographer to mm-hmm. get in there and you just like get super close or something like that, you are eliminating the usefulness of the movement. So one mm-hmm. thing that like, I remember like this specific incident, it wasn't an incident. It was actually a good thing that happened at a wedding we did together. Um, Mm -hmm. We were the videographers. You were second video shooting for me and there were photographers. Um, And the, there was like this butterfly that like landed on um, Bride's bouquet and it was so pretty and we would have loved to have gotten a shot of it. And like, we all like us and the photographers all kind of like directed ourselves towards it because it was spontaneous and beautiful. And then the photographer just completely cut us off and like stood right in front of us, got super close because they wanted to get a close up of the butterfly. And by the time they moved, the butterfly had gone. So like they completely Mm -hmm. eliminated any chance that we would have had to get that really cool moment on video for people. And it's like that kind of speaks to that original point we made where it's like you're not just there to like build a portfolio. You're not just there to like get the shots you want. Like Mm -hmm. think about what the couple wants. Like if they hired Mm -hmm. the videographer, they want those kinds of spontaneous moments included in both of their sets of media. Like that's something that, you know, 
the beautiful flight of a butterfly, for example, like looks really cool in video and you're not going to see the same thing when you look at a photo. And so it's like spontaneous moments like that where like something might be really awesome. I find that a lot of the time photographers have tunnel vision and they're just like, let me get in there. Let me, let me get the best shot I can get and like everyone else be damned. (laughs) And it, it really does sometimes ruin the like shot for a videographer. And along with that, like it, it pays to keep in mind that it's much easier to edit something out of photo, especially now that we have like the Photoshop, like generative AI where, you know, it just kind of does it and it's pretty quick. Like it's much easier to do it out of a photo than it is to take something like that out of a video. Um, Some movement like that could completely ruin a video shot and then it would just be a minor inconvenience for a photographer. So it's really helpful to keep those kinds of things in mind when like going in for a unique moment or something spontaneous. And I think too, like it can go both ways because I know, um, when I do photography, I tend to use an 85 millimeter. So that means I have to stand like super Mm -hmm. far back. Um, if I really want that shot. So it's, it just takes communication with the videographer. Cause a lot of times when I'm doing a shot with that, they're using maybe a 50 or a 35 millimeter or something that's a little bit closer. They don't have to stand so far back. So communicating that because otherwise they're going to walk in your shot, Mm -hmm. um, is also the same thing. Now I can easily edit them out if they're in the corner, but yeah, it, not it goes wanting both to do ways that out of it. like every single photo you took. Yeah, also, no, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's funny because this also brings me to content creators because mm-hmm. then you get that third person that gets in there. And I'm finding a lot of venues are having someone create content that works for the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a Michigan thing. I don't know if that's a nationwide thing or things happening. Yeah. I'm noticing it more in venues. I know people, sometimes couples hire a content creator or photographers or videographers are bringing one on with them. Mm -hmm. But I'm noticing like there's got to be communication there too. Sometimes we don't realize it till midday that that's what they're doing, but kind of like reaching out to the venue ahead of time. Like, do you have a content creator and telling them specifically like, Hey, I want to be able to let you get a shot too, but make sure you're like where you want them to be or like what needs to happen. Because I've had instances where they're just like walking right up and you're like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, uh, and so that brings me to like the ceremony because this is something you can't curate. Right. Like this is something that's happening. So communication prior to a ceremony, like that is huge, especially if they are, you have a photographer and you have a videographer. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, um, one of the major pain points videographers have about a ceremony with either a content creator or, or a photographer that's happening during a ceremony. Yeah. So I, I mean, it really depends on how you shoot, you know, like, so, I mean, it depends on what lens you're using, like how involved the camera angles are. If you only have one, if you have four or five, like it just depends on kind of Mm -hmm. how you're shooting. I mean, you will inevitably get the photographer in your shots, but something that I always like to point out is like, we are there at least the way that I do video is I am there to show you how your day was to document your day and what happened. And so if the photographer gets in those shots, it's fine. That, that was part of their day that that person was there helping document their day. So like 
sure, like that's part of what I'm doing. I'm documenting what's happening. Um, it's just when like, for example, I only have two camera angles. I have maybe a gimbal and then I have one on a tripod in the rear of the venue or just somewhere where it's like posted up. Mm -hmm. And then the photographer stands like right in front of it for half the ceremony. So like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not always like when I have both of those running, I rely on that second one as like, you know, a safety and say something happens with the camera that I have in my hand and mm-hmm. the photographer standing in front of the other one what am I going to do you know what I mean like I it it's becomes very difficult to create like a beautiful video of their full ceremony if half of it was you know shot from like this side angle of just the bride's face and the shot that was for the groom is covered by the photographer's head you know so it's like mm-hmm. keeping those things in mind just like being cognizant of where the other cameras yeah. are located is super super helpful and then other things like for me one of the shots I really like to get is I like to follow the bride and whoever is walking her up the aisle um, I like to follow her usually um, or you know whoever it, it like I whoever I'm working with I try and communicate that shot to them ahead of time so that we can stand at such an angle that they can get shots of the bride and her person walking with her up the aisle and I can get the shot like you know of the dress from behind and not Mm. be in the photographer's shot um and it's just a real bummer when I'm trying to do that and the photographer just like gets right in their face and so like they're Mm -hmm. like it's like okay well now I can't use that footage and also like I feel that sometimes it becomes like this weird like who can be more intrusive to the couple (laughs) almost it's like nobody wants you in their face that close when they are about to get married like you know, there are yeah. multiple kinds of lenses now, you know, like we don't need to like get right up there. Um, so it's just like utilizing your equipment in an intelligent way and then um, communicating what you have to the other person. Because like if I have, you know, a 16 to 35 on my gimbal and that's what I'm following the bride up with, I'm going to see a lot. Well, mm-hmm. the photographer wants to get a nice close up shot then they, you know, if they are aware of what I have on my gimbal, which takes time to rebalance if I change a lens, well, then maybe they can change to a lens that will get a closer shot and they can stand back. So it's just about courtesy and just thinking through those like little things each time you do a wedding. Um, And it becomes easier the longer you do it, of course, like you just sort of start to make allowances for things like that. Yeah. Um, Because I can definitely tell photographers that I work with that have worked with a videographer before especially during ceremonies (laughs) that's when it becomes really evident because you're just sort of like kind of like always like eagle-eyeing each other you're like where Mm -hmm. are you where are you am I in your shot you know you like pay attention so that is something that is helpful it's funny you say that because I had a videographer I worked with this summer and it was like they totally like the way they kept saying things after I did each thing they were like so excited and I'm like okay like okay, do you need anything? They're like, no, you did great. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, um, so that's just some of those things you just learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it is really big because um, kind of knowing your ceremony space and kind of seeing, okay, like, where are you? I know when you and I shoot together, 
Um, and when I've shot with other ones, if they have a standstill camera, I'm like, okay, where is that coming into focus? And then I will walk down the aisle and say, can you see me here? Can you see me there? Mm -hmm. And then it helps me know what lens to use in those moments. Um, I know a lot, sometimes wedding photographers don't have multiple lenses, which kind of, yeah, (laughs) I don't know, like they're taking your own, you know, but it's, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, well, like this business is coming this thing this way. We're getting so much further along. We all hate the guest that sticks their phone in the aisle. Don't be that photographer, you know, like allow, allow each other to work together and communicate. And a big thing of that is communication. Well, and um, like, and also to say, like, I I should say too, like, this isn't just the photographer's responsibility. Like the Mm -hmm. videographer does absolutely need to take the time to think through what they are doing and make sure that it is not completely inconveniencing the photographer. Like you shouldn't have a tripod standing in the center of the aisle um, during the entire time that the bride and groom are like walking back the aisle. Like if they're like, they're doing their recessional, like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be standing directly in front of them as they do their recessional. Like, you shouldn't be standing behind them as they dip in the aisle as they're leaving. Like, you know, all those things are a real pain to a photographer who's like, I guarantee this particular shot or I love getting the shot. It's one of my hallmark shots. And you were just standing in the middle of the aisle. Like, just literally (laughs) common courtesy goes such a long way. And I find that the more, like, the more, like, novice people that I work with which doesn't happen very often anymore um I tend to book weddings that are like either I'm doing both or I end up working with people that I already know or people Mm -hmm. that have been doing it for a really long time so like we're pretty good at working with each other but I find that like though the folks that are a little bit more novice definitely are like so stressed out about getting the thing that they need to get that they are just completely inconsiderate to the other vendors. And that is, um, you know, it's not just a photographer problem. It's definitely videographers do that too. So, I mean, I, as a photographer have worked with belligerent videographers and I'm just like, that's not cool. You know what I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, just have a little bit of courtesy. Yeah. It's funny you mention about standing in the middle of the aisle or whatnot. I did a wedding last year, two years ago. And it was a family friend. He had a gimbal or or whatnot, but he like just set it in the middle of the aisle and then took a seat. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I'd like to get a pulled back shot in the beginning. I literally went up to him and tapped him and I'm like, can you move that? And I don't know if there was a language barrier or what, but he still left it there. So I had to like edit it out. Oh, so no. many photos and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, like, I'll get a couple shots of that and get a, a more tight ones. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it yeah. was it was a nuisance. I will say that. But um, one of the things that I have instilled that's been huge, um, I don't know if other photographers are doing this. I hope so. Or at least videographers are doing it too. But because I'm a photographer that normally gets hired on in the beginning, and you are too, is... I ask, I have like a questionnaire. I send my couples that asks who their vendors are. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly asking, do you have a videographer as well? But the biggest thing I do is um, I'm, I'm a sharer. Like I want to build um, a relationship. And I know there's like 
controversy on this because there are vendors who expect to have photos yeah. <laughs> um, from a wedding and they're like, where are the photos? And you're like, what? But I'm also one of those who I'm like, I want to share photos with you. I would love to share your beautiful work. I'd love to have you fill out this photo release beforehand. Yeah. But that also gives me time to communicate like, hey, this is who I am. If you have needs, now is the time to tell me. And I start building that relationship before the wedding day. Mm-hmm. I usually send it out either a week or more in advance just so there's time for them to respond. But also that way when I show up on wedding day, I'm like, hey, we talked. Like, And I do that with like DJs, entertainment, all that kind of stuff too because you want to create that good working environment. So that's something huge that I – definitely start out with um for my weddings just to make the day that much better for my couples and I I put it in a um, phrase of I would love to serve these couples well how can we serve them well together um and kind of go from there um you can't you can't probably see me but I'm nodding because yeah (laughs) I so I definitely don't do it with as many vendors as you do which I should probably adjust I feel like that's really good standard operating procedure Um, But I do as, you know, whether I'm the photographer or the videographer, if by the, like a week before the wedding, if I haven't heard from, so if I'm the photographer, I take it upon myself to reach out because I feel like the photographer is just sort of like kind of the default lead of the day. They Mm -hmm. they are the ones that help direct the day anyway. Um, So I will, you know, take it upon myself to reach out to especially the videographer because I want them to know like, Hey, like I'm here to work with you. Um, I understand what you're doing. Um, if you need something from me, please let me know. Um, if there's anything specific that you like to do that I need to be like skedaddle for, like, for example, when I do reception shots, I like to do this around the world shot where like mm-hmm. I walk completely around the couple during the their first dance. I ask the photographer just to like kind of step out of the way during that so that they're not like in the background of every like element of that shot. Um, so if there are things like that, I always like ask them about it. Um, and when I'm the videographer, if I haven't heard from the photographer by like that week before the wedding, I will reach out to them and just be like, Hey, just let you know who I am. Um, I'd love to talk to you if you have any questions about videography, if you haven't worked with a videographer before, or maybe you just, you know, want to make improve on your working relationship with videography since your last wedding, like whatever it may be, I just always try and like give that first like olive branch, like here, let's be the best we can be for this couple that trusted us to capture this really important event for them. Um, And so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I think that's a really important thing to do. Well, and I'm, it's funny because like, I don't know if this is happening around the nation as well, but we're finding more and more venues are now becoming these coordinators that mm-hmm. are making lists. Like we did one wedding and they had an entire list of who all the vendors were on the wall, which was nice. Yes. But I feel like if they're going to take the initiative to do that, then they should be contacting all the vendors as well and saying, Hey, here's all the vendors for the day ahead of time. So if you're a venue listening in mm-hmm. and you're wondering what you could do to improve, that is something huge that you can do ahead of time is saying, Hey, we're all the vendors. And I don't know if this is like an issue of communication or what, but I do like legally, but yeah, at the same point, like just ask the couple, like, do you mind if we contact and connect all your, your um, contacts for vendors? And I think if you come to a place of, we all want to be on the same page, we want to serve you well. I think that like, who's going to say no to that, you know? Right. Um, 
and just kind of say like, hey, here we all are. Let's all connect and do the best we can for this couple. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, because even so, like I'll ask the couple, but they're like filling out questionnaires for like every vendor nowadays. So like it can be really difficult. Um, and so even when I say like I have questionnaires, a lot of times they're not filling everything out. So I always schedule a timeline meeting and then I do what I can to like fill out that information and search it on my own, which that's me kind of going above and beyond. Now everyone doesn't have that kind of time yeah. <laughs> or um, has that devotion, but that's something I put extreme value in is creating the best service on a wedding day. And so that's where I say like, I want to connect with every vendor possible that I know of. Um, but it is tricky when you have couples that say we're in, we're doing an all inclusive venue. I don't even know who my florist is the venue. knows. So then you're like, okay, well let me contact the venue and find out who the florist is and, and so forth. So that's always huge. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of going back and forth, um, for all vendors, not just videographers and photographers. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. It is, it does make a difference too. in just like how smoothly, like everything runs, like from talking to the florist to ask for maybe some extra flowers for a flat lay or oh, yeah. whatever it is that you might need or talking to the DJ and just determining like, Hey, can you leave those blotchy colored lights off for the first like one minute <laughs> yes. of the dance? You know, like things like that help to just kind it's of. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say that because now when I get to a wedding, it's almost like the DJ says it out of fear. Like yeah. I won't turn the colored lights on until after. <laughs> I, I just had died. Last weekend, I was and like, I'm like, do you get yelled at? <laughs> like, I know it's a preference, but oh my gosh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna yell at you. <laughs> It's so funny, but yeah, um, totally. But I also want to bring up Kelly has an amazing resource. So as we kind of conclude, um, this episode, she has a resource for photographers and videographers and couples. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to talk about what that is and what you're providing? Yeah. So I essentially just made this little guide. We touched on most of the points I think today mm -hmm. in the podcast, but I made a little guide that kind of goes over just some of the like what seem like really obvious basics about how to get like, mm -hmm. you know, work with a videographer as a photographer. That's specifically what it's directed to photographers working with videographers. Um, but, you know, like it's valuable to anybody who has mm -hmm. both of those vendors at a wedding, whether you are the videographer, you are the couple, like whatever it is, it's very helpful. Um, and it just kind of goes over like the, the main tenets of things that are like really, really helpful. Like communication is like the major thing at the end of the day, that's the thing that's going to make the biggest difference, whether it's communicating ahead of the wedding, whether it's, um, you know, talking to people on the day of the wedding, um, just communicating your needs as a, you know, a media vendor, like knowing what you're going to need to do, especially if you've been doing it for a while and you have like a really good system, you already know where you're going to need help or where you're going to need somebody to stay out of a shot or whatever it might be. So yeah. it talks through all of those things. It kind of gives a few little like tips and tricks. And then it also just like, tells you, you know, like there are, there are things that will happen that are out of your control. Like, you know, like a photographer getting in a videographer shot and just like the whole idea of not freaking out about it, not taking it too seriously, not getting upset. Um, I had, I was doing a video wedding one time and 
my second shooter, who I no longer work with because it was a really bad wedding, <laughs> um, he kept getting in the photographer's shots. Like he would just like walk right in front of her. And this was when I had first started doing video and I was not, I didn't do as much vetting of my second shooters as I do now. Um, and lesson learned he would get in her way like repeatedly and just kind of like disrespect her space mm -hmm. and at one point she goes if he he gets in my space one more time I'm going to kick him and I was like wow that seems like a really it's really direct communication for sure but it's also like could you have worded that a different way and like what mm -hmm. can we do to like come to a conclusion together that doesn't involve you know physical violence and yeah. I just feel like that kind of taught me that lesson early on that I was like Oh, when I go into a wedding and I have, you know, a photographer that really, really, really doesn't want me in their shots, like they want me to stay back or whatever, like it, it is super valuable to me to start the day by communicating mm -hmm. very clearly what I need, when I need it, and how we can best achieve the overall goal of capturing this beautiful wedding together. Um, and that I think setting the whole day up with communication is like going to be the overarching theme of the yeah. guide that I have because it does make the biggest difference. Exactly. It's funny you bring that up because the <clears throat> walking in front, when I get to a reception, I'm like, my body hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I always laugh because I'm always trying to like duck under the videographer's camera. And by the end of the night, I'm like, if I was trying to duck and I didn't duck, I am so sorry. I'm like, I can barely bend over. You're like, do you hear that that crunching sound? Yeah, that's my body. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so those are moments where I'm like, is there space to go behind them? Because bending down is not going to happen. At yes. This point. Oh, and but I, yes. I don't know if like this would be useful to know either, but this is something that like, you know, you being cognizant of where the camera is super, super helpful the one of the things that I think is the biggest difference between photo and video is the fact that video needs audio and mm -hmm. audio is the thing that I most often have difficulty with because photographers will like if say we do a first look prior to a ceremony and I already have the groom mic'd because I want to make sure that um he's set up I maybe don't have it recording already but like I have him mic'd or mm -hmm. say I do have it recording already because they want the audio from the first look or they're doing private vows. I cannot tell you how many times a photographer has taken the microphone off of the groom and put oh, it wow. inside the jacket because they don't like the way it looks in photos. And it's, Ooh. it's not the, the problem is not, they don't want it in the photos. I can totally respect that. I understand. The problem is that they just do it without talking to me about mm -hmm. when to do it, how to do it and like replacing it so that sometimes I don't even know that that's that way. Like, mm -hmm. and, and if we have a really tight timeline, I'm, or a really small venue where it's not super easy to move around, I might not be able to get back to the groom yeah. right away to get that, you know, microphone fixed, or I may not be able to get to the, the bride to like put it back on her dress where it was. And so like, just not like respecting the other, like the videographers, like need to get those elements is really mm -hmm. important too because even like I've I've had like them just like tuck it behind like a boutonniere or something and mm -hmm. that's 
fine. Like that can work, but you <laughs> have to do it in rubbing. a certain way. So it's not like the flowers aren't rubbing yeah. on the microphone because they're sensitive. Yeah. They pick up all of that like yeah. noise. And so it's a real bummer when you get into editing mm. and you, they have these like stunning private vows and all you're hearing is like, because they yep. didn't like, they moved it wrong. Um, that is why now I am a little bit crazy and I get like three or four sources of audio for every really important moment yeah. because I've been burned so many times by stuff like that. Um, oh, or, yeah. you know, turning the microphones off for whatever reason, like they've done that to me before too. And I'm just like, how about we just talk to each other before we talk to the other person? Yeah. Moment? And so, you know, that extends to everybody that works at a yeah. wedding together. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. Um, Cause I've had, I've had multiple times where that's kind of happened or people don't understand why I'm turning lights off in a room and then they're all keep flipping them back on. So I'm like trying to make an announcement like, Hey, I'm just going to turn the lights off. So you don't have cat eyes like, and this weird yellow glow on your skin or, or whatnot. And so a lot of times it's like over, you can't over communicate on a wedding day because everything's going in one ear and coming out the other of everybody. And a lot of times the people you're actually saying it to are like, the mom of the bride or mother of the groom or some aunt who is like super bossy and yeah, wants exactly. to like take control because they think somebody needs to stand up and take control. And so a lot of times you're, you're yeah, dealing with that, but yeah, <laughs> we won't go down that rabbit hole today. Right. <laughs> Maybe but yeah, over communication <laughs> is not, yeah. at least in my experience has not For been sure. a problem. Like it's yeah. definitely the lack of communication that tends to cause issues. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Kelly, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I so appreciate you coming on here. We didn't even talk about what we were drinking today because I'm not even drinking coffee, but we thought it was funny that we both have our simply modern uh, drinks, (laughs) just water for the wind today. We're hydrating. Um, But yeah, so thank you for coming on today. Um, This was such good knowledge and I hope to have you on again soon. Cheers, my friends. Thanks.